Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Our lexi for today is enthusiasmos, enthusiasmos, or enthusiasm. How do I adequately impart the importance of this mighty word? Maybe I begin with the power of your enthusiasm. Like a magnet, when you possess enthusiasm and spread it, magical things happen for both parties. This ability to express your enthusiasm for whatever you're doing, starting a new way of eating, creating a work app, buying a puppy, any of it, all of it will be accepted by your peers enthusiastically because of your enthusiasmos. Enthusiastic people work with passion. This is me. I feel it and the people around me do too. One time I asked my husband, Brian, what am I good at, husband? He said, enthusiasm. I'm the wow and he's the how. Thank you, Jeff, for that little illustration. Friends, today and every day, get enthusiastic about something and watch your aspirations evolve into accomplishments. This is Kira Moran, president of Kingdom Farms and proud sponsor of Kefi Life. Kingdom Farms provides organic meats, poultry, and fish throughout the USA. Kingdom Farms has been blessed for 52 years with providing the highest quality foods to all our customers. Please contact Kingdom Farms for your culinary needs at www.kingdomfarms.com. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. We're adding new podcasts every day. Visit qodpod.com and meet our podcasters. That's qodpod.com. Dr. Alex Patakis, PhD, affectionately nicknamed Dr. Meaning, is the founder of the Global Meaning Institute and the author of the international best-selling book, Prisoner of Our Thoughts, Viktor Frankl's Principles for Discovering Meaning in Life and Work, which was written at the personal urging of his mentor, the world-renowned psychiatrist, Dr. Viktor Frankl. He also co-authored the book, The Opa Way, with Elaine Dundon. And I'd like to welcome you, fellow fellow Helene, Dr. Alex. It's so good to have you. Oh, it's great to be here with you, Kiki. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure and honor. And I loved our pre-talk before the interview. Uh, We were discussing Crete and what we love about the sea. What part of Greece are you from? Well, my family roots began in in terms of in Greece. Actually, it goes back to Asia Minor before that. But uh, my family came originally from Svakia, which is a an area in southern Crete, um, south of uh, uh, Hanya and between Hanya and, and Athena. And uh, it's an area that historically is very, very uh, important, um, not only in terms of Crete's development, but in terms of Greek spirit. Svakia is one of the few areas of Greece that was never fully occupied by the Ottoman Turks, the Nazis, going going way back to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Romans and, and the Egyptians and so forth. So it's a very rugged terrain, and the uh, the Svakians are uh, almost Spartan. I guess the best way for those people who are familiar with Svakia, they're very Spartan in terms of their spirit, and so uh, it's literally freedom or death. 
you know, you took the word out of my mouth, spirit. I felt the different, unique spirit when I went to Crete. It was almost like, am I on a different universe or different planet? The people are, it's like their own, I don't want to use the word click, but their own group of people. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they are. I mean, a lot of Greeks don't realize that when we celebrate Greek Independence Day, that Crete was not part of that. And so at that point, uh, Crete actually went under uh, Egyptian rule. So it wasn't until the Cretan, um, a series of Cretan revolutions against the, uh, the Ottoman Turks where they finally got their independence and then later joined Greece. So in a lot of ways, Crete is its own country. Um, I know a lot of Greeks don't want to hear that, but you know, like when, when I grew up, I mean, I was Cretan first and Greek second. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's certainly a great island to visit, and I highly recommend it to people that love the ocean, the sea, the, the climate, the culture. Um, Dr. Patakis, it's really great to have you join us today. So you can share the focus of your work, which is to advance the human quest for meaning in life, work, and society. So today, let's go back in time and apply ancient wisdom to modern day dilemmas for well-being. But first, what is the Global Mini Institute and what work do you do there? Okay. Well, the Global Meaning Institute was actually a, uh, an entity that uh, was founded by my wife, Elaine Dundon, who's also a co-author, uh, and myself. And we had colleagues that we had trained in our <clears throat> approach to uh, pursuing the search for meaning. Uh, but the idea was because we ended up having so much of our work was global and international that uh, we ended up, I mean, just Prisoners of Our Thoughts alone is available in 23 languages. And so, and then we're currently working, uh, negotiating a uh, contract uh, with, uh, for a Chinese edition of the Opal Way. So the idea was, is that we said, well, we're really focusing on advancing the human quest for meaning, which became a very important element. And I get into that a little bit. Um, that the idea was, is that because it's really an international global humanity kind of mission, uh, the Global Meaning Institute became kind of a place for us to not only be a think tank for how do you find meaning and what are, what are the approaches, which obviously the Greek culture, Greek philosophy, mythology became a big part of that, but also we want to ensure that it wasn't just specific to North America, to the United States, to, to, any, to Western countries, but we're really talking about meaning literally across the globe. You, you recently wrote an article, I think it was in March of this year, um, in Psychology Today, and the pandemic notwithstanding, the basic prescriptions for better health and a more meaningful life have not changed much over the time. I think we'll agree on that. Many of us sacrifice our relationships, our health, our sanity to chase the good life. And you write about following the path of the ancient Greeks, what they've laid out for us. So what is that path? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, fortunately, uh, those of us who have kind of a Greek history and we've been introduced to the culture, we realize that there's so much of, of Greek and, and also uh, the Mediterranean cultures themselves, they're very humanistic. And so the ancient Greeks, I mean, going as far back as Plato, um, actually Plato's quoted uh, as saying man, and again, we're saying this in a humanistic way, man, a being in search of meaning, this goes back now over 2,500 years. And so there's always been this interest. And, and as you know, from, from, from being in Greece, I mean, the whole notion of know thyself, of uh, the, un, the unexamined life is not worth living. <clears throat> These are ancient philosophical principles that really were part of that Greek history that you and I are obviously very proud of. And that's really became kind of the impetus. And so when, and, and I can get into this a little bit if you want, but the idea of meeting with Viktor Frankl, who was, became a mentor and Prisoners of Our Thoughts was written at his personal urging, 
he wrote a very classic bestseller, Man's Search for Meaning. But one his, of my his, favorites. One uh, of exactly, my favorites. Exactly. And Man's Search for Meaning, interesting enough, is based on a philosophy of living that uh, Viktor Frankl uh, called logotherapy. It's a psychotherapeutic approach. But the idea behind the logos, which was the root word of logotherapy, is about spirit. It's about the idea of where he, where he got that word from is from from Greece and from Greek. I mean, he was very much influenced by Greek philosophy and Greek culture. And so that became an, an element that brought me, the, the two of us together, because we both looked at the logos, which is not just the root, the root word of logotherapy, his school, but it's also the root word of dialogue. And so when you think about the Socratic method, dialogue is a major component of that. And so what is dialogue? Dialogue is about connecting people with through spirit. It's a spiritual connection. It's not just cognitive. It's not just about understanding something in your brain. It's something that goes deep into the soul. And these are the elements that really became a driver for me personally because of my background, but also our work. It's about elevating the human spirit. And the Greeks are like, going back to ancient Greeks, uh, the ancient Greeks are tremendously powerful in terms of how they messaged that whole philosophy. It's interesting. Two points. There's so much to talk to you about. First of all, I can't believe that you were um, friendly or professional colleagues with Viktor Frankl, who was in um, the Holocaust, right? Right. Correct. And when I read his book, I was just some of the things that he wrote about. I was like, how did this man survive? But so is he sort of like also your role model, if you will? Uh, he's, he's certainly one of the, the key role models. I mean, it's, it's difficult to say as a role model. He was certainly an inspiration because I'm standing on his shoulders. And so a large part of my work has been, I mean, I dedicated a large part of the writing I do, the speaking I do to advancing his life and legacy. And, and it's partly because he was so powerfully influential on me and, and my other, I mean, the the, uh, the forward to Prisoners of Our Thoughts was written by the late uh, Dr. Stephen Covey. And Dr. Covey was also very well influenced by, by Dr. Frankel. But we have a lot of connections. I mean, I had connections between Victor, Victor Frankel in other ways that I didn't even realize it until after the book came out. I'm going to give you one example. My father, who was a very proud Crete in America, he's, he's passed away. But in World War II, he served in the U.S. military in uh, Germany. And he actually was in a unit that helped uh, free the, uh, the uh, concentration camp uh, survivors. He helped liberate the, the very people in Auschwitz. So there's an interesting connections that I that I never realized I had that somehow, again, it's almost like this metaphysical connection that we had more in common than we even thought. That's always a very spirited feeling. And spirit. Uh, speaking of that, Dr. Patakis, uh, you know, when we talk about Greeks communicating, you said you used the word spirit. Is it that we communicate so emotionally with feeling, with our heart, and sometimes it's with too much of that. That's um, right. Is that what you were referring to? And is that what part of meaning is, like finding those connections with people? Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, uh, when I when I get into to what the OPA concept is and where it comes from, both in terms of ancient Greece, in terms of the ancient Greek language, and also how we uh, developed an acronym for it in modern, for modern times. But when you think about spirit, you just, just take one word, one English word, the word enthusiasm. Enthusiasm actually comes from the Greek. And it actually means manifesting the divine or the God within, the spirit within. So this is one of the most important elements. So when people are enthusiastic, it's like when kids are enthusiastic, a lot of times in the mental health field, you give them drugs to kind of get them to, to kind of uh, settle down. 
And the irony is, is that maybe they're not hyperactive in that negative way, but they're really enthusiastic. And then what happens is over time, particularly in the school educational system, a lot of times we end up squashing and this whole enthusiastic spirit that people have uh, because, you know, we're trying to control them. We're trying to get them to behave in certain ways. And so when, when I think about enthusiasm, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I danced on the, the same beach on the island of Crete where, you know, Anthony Quinn danced, you know, in Zorba <laughs> the Greek. So, awesome, they, Opa. Yeah, it's Opa. And, and that's the spirit, you know, and, 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 and the Greeks do do that. I mean, many of the things, if you've seen some of the ads that Aegean Airlines had put out uh, now, you know, pre-pandemic, I mean, some of those ads were amazing because they sh- they showed, they demonstrated the Greek spirit. I mean, how Greeks, for example, how they greet strangers. I mean, you don't greet people by just giving them a handshake. You hug them, you kiss them. I mean, it's like, you know, you want to you drink Laki or Uzo together. You know, it's a very different kind of connection. It really is. And I think that that adds to our health and our wellness, is which I, I like to talk about and I share with my family. In your article, The Greek Path to Wellbeing, you point out that we live in a global world but despite our social media connectivity, people feel increasingly alienated and sometimes they get depressed. And sometimes that will lead to a general decline in well-being. I've seen it. How can we shift that paradigm? Yeah. Well, it's, it's probably more difficult now because we are doing things uh, virtually so much more now than we did, you know, say two years ago. Uh, I mean, obviously, the one thing we need to do is we need to connect in ways that are more authentic and that are more that are more than just an interaction. And so when I when I describe later the the OPA way, you know the O and OPA in our in our contemporary definition is about connecting meaningfully with others. And so part of it is being able to connect in a meaningful way. It's not enough to have you know 500 Facebook friends. You know the idea is is that how do we connect so that it's not just an interaction. It's the same way when you go to a restaurant. You go to a Greek restaurant. I, mean, I remember going to Chicago. I used to go to an old place. It's no longer there now. In the old Greek town, uh, it was Diana's. Diana's OPA. Yes. And, yes. Yes. And, you know, and you remember that. And I remember seeing a sign in the front of that restaurant that said, number one, it said, welcome home. And that's the kind of Greek spirit, you know, and it's like it's it's not going into McDonald's and can I help you, you know, take your order and then leave, you know, <laughs> right, you know right, pay right. your money and go. The Greeks, the Greeks can almost get offended if you leave a restaurant, you know, an authentic Greek restaurant too soon. They want to know you don't like us. You don't like our food. <laughs> you don't want to be here. Exactly. Exactly. Gosh, in our remaining moments, this went way too fast. So we will have to have you back to talk further about your books. But in your in our remaining moments, um, what words of encouragement can you leave? Well, two things. One, what is the difference between meaning and purpose? And then two, finally, what words of encouragement can you leave us with to be well or get on that path? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I the, the difference between meaning and purpose, and, and again, this is this is worthy of a seminar that goes over 16 weeks. Um, But the difference between meaning and purpose is that there's meaning in every second of our lives, right? And so if if somebody dies prematurely, even even before birth, it doesn't mean their life doesn't have meaning, even if they weren't able to fulfill a purpose. So a purpose is more of an aim, a destination. And we can change purposes over time. But no matter where you are, even if you don't get up in the morning and pursue a purpose because you don't know what it is yet, your life is still has meaning because just by virtue of being alive, all right, there's a seed of meaning in every moment of our lives, all, all the way until our, until our passing. And we don't even know after we're passed, after we die, whether or not, you know, there's continuing in some other, in other dimension. But let's just assume now that whenever there is, there's, there's meaning in every moment. And we didn't necessarily have a purpose, say, to be incarcerated in a concentration camp. 
but there's meaning even in those moments. And as Viktor Frankl, you know, very profoundly and eloquently described, he was able to find that purpose even in, in times of really inescapable suffering. In terms of what's the best way to go forward, to me, I mean, I just bring it back always to our definition of the Greek word, opa. Opa. Uh, right. And it's because you can't say opa without elevating that spirit. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's not. And even if you're German and you perceive opa as meaning grandfather and oma meaning grandmother, that's not a bad you know definition. But the idea behind the way we've described opa, it's really about understanding that you have an opportunity to choose your attitude and to be able to confront, because if you can't change your situation that's in front of you, then you're being challenged, as Dr. Franco would say, to change yourself. And at the least you should be able to do is change your attitude. And I think that's a key element. And so right now, whether it's COVID, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, you lose your job or you have problems in your relationship or your health. I mean, I've seen it thousands of times, literally thousands of times that people who give up and don't have that spirit of wanting to be resilient and appreciative of what they have rather than what they don't have, they're more likely to uh, fall into the trap of, of feeling that, that they, they're losing meaning. Well, I'll tell you what, there's been so much meaning to this interview. I really appreciate you taking the time um, to enliven our spirit and to sort of bring us back to center with our OPA spirit and attitude. And I'm hoping that you can come back again to talk more in depth with your books. Would love to. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. This Ola Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus. Ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. There's this thing that most of us get caught up with, and it's called one day. Ever experience it? Do you know people who hang their excuses on it? One day I'll get in shape. One day I'll get committed to my passion. One day I'll take that dream trip. One day, yada, 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 time to stop. One day is not a day. Day one is a day. Today is the day to find the joy and meaning for your life. You can choose your attitude and choose today and live for all the things that bring you joy today, which will elevate your spirit in 2022. You'll be olakala when you live today. Just look for something that you can do in the direction that brings you that joy. Each day, do a little bit of this, and your todays become the meaning for each day that you're living. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com at kefilife365 on Instagram, and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.